Look at verse 16. Now as he walked, now it's talking about Jesus Christ. And now as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. I want to preach this morning on a few days in the life of Jesus. If you turn on TV or you're around any kind of TV at all, you're around any, this, this society loves reality TV. This society lives off reality TV. There's no telling how many billions of dollars those guys make, those producers and TV shows, networks make off reality TV. There's uh, American Hoggers. They have reality TV about hog hunting. TV about rattlesnake hunting. They have reality TV about the Kardashians. Or, and then Honey Boo Boo with their little bitty chubby baby or kid. And I don't even know. I don't. I never watched that show. I don't care to watch that show. I mean, I see that. I'm like, who would want to? I don't. I see that every day. I live around that every day. Mom would want to turn on the TV and watch that. You know, I see that every day. But people love that stuff. And what amazes me is when I get to watching that stuff, is how much of that stuff is a put on. It's real obvious. I mean, it's not, they're not even trying to, they, they, I guess they think we're just that stupid. And I think we are that stupid. I think they think we're just that gullible. And I think the answer is yes, we are that gullible. You know, that we, we, just want, we just lap that stuff up like a dog, you know, lapping up water. Just oh, give me more, give me more. And I'm here to tell you, we're going to look at a few days. You love to see the, what, how people's lives are from day in to day out. You like the reality TV stuff? We're going to see some reality right here. We're going to see something that's not made up. You don't have to make any of it up. You don't have to fake it. It's Jesus Christ. And this is just what a couple of days in the life of Jesus Christ was like. And if you was to put this on TV, it would be the biggest ratings they'd ever have. The only problem is they don't have enough money to cover the effects budget. They don't have enough money. They'd, they'd run out of money. Say, man, we don't have enough money to make all these special effects because it was so crazy, all the stuff that Jesus Christ did in his life, just from day to day. So I want to preach this morning on the reality of Jesus Christ in a few days with Jesus Christ. And none of this stuff is made up. So he goes and he sees Simon and Andrew, his brother casting net into the sea, for they were fishers. Look at verse 17. And Jesus said unto them, come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. In Jesus Christ's lifetime, he was looking for a few good men. Jesus Christ was always looking for a few good men, men that were willing to work. And he wanted to, what was he, what was he wanting to make you? He wants to make you a fisher of men. He wants to help, he wants you to lead people to Jesus Christ. The Bible says, he that winneth souls is wise. I got a question for you this morning. Right off the top, when's the last time you went fishing? Fishing for men. And there's one thing you created for, you created for God's pleasure, Revelation chapter 4. But you're also created to lead people to Jesus Christ. Christian, you're a born-again believer. God has created you in Jesus Christ to be a worker for him. And the work he wants you to do is exactly what he had for the disciples. You follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. See, he says, I'll make you. That's not something that just happens overnight, guys. You're going to have to work on this stuff. Now you say, well, Brother Keegan, how do I go fishing? Now, guys, I know y'all don't have a, and I'm even the same way. You don't have a lot of courage. You don't like to be in somebody's face and say, hey, get in somebody. Hey, do you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? I know y'all are not that bold, and maybe you shouldn't be that bold. It'd be great if you were. You might turn some people off. But here at the church, we've provided for you the bait. You want to go fishing? we got literally thousands of pieces of bait back there. They're just sitting in boxes, not being used. So how do you put out the bait? You put it everywhere. Follow my wife around. My wife's really, my wife's probably better at this than I am. She'll go into Walmart, and when she leaves Walmart, she either hand one of these to the, to the cashier or leave one laying right there with the cashier. Not say nothing, she just leaves it. Or you know those benches they have in front of Walmart or right there in Walmart, right there by like the Burger King now and all that, like in Brownwood? She'll leave one right there on the bench. What's going to happen? Somebody's going to sit down and read that. Those uh, candy machines outside of Kroger, she'll lay one right there. 
What's she doing? She's setting out the trot line. She's baiting the trot line. Y'all, ever ba- y'all went fishing? You ever baited the trot line? There's a preacher. I don't know where he's at now. He was in Valera. He was pastoring First Baptist Church in Valera. He got saved off of one of these tracks. You know how he got saved? Some, he was at Six Flags. He said, I was at Six Flags, and I was waiting in line to get on a roller coaster. I looked down, and there's one of these tracks laying on the ground. And I'm waiting in line. What do you do at Six Flags? You wait in line forever, right? Amen. So he said, he just picks it up, reads it, and gets saved. What happened? Somebody handed somebody one of these tracks, or they found this track, and what happened? They're probably there at that track, and they're like, oh, this is junk. And somebody else says, hey, that's a piece of treasure. But somebody laid out the bait. You don't have to argue with anybody. Just say this. Food for thought. That's all it is. This is what you tell them. I was at Dairy Queen and was up at uh, Dublin in Dairy Queen, and there was a guy, a kid over there sitting there listening to his headphones, and I walked up there and I said, hey, here's some food for thought. He looks at me, and I'm thinking, oh, he's Spanish. He can't speak English. He goes, what? And he takes his earphones out. I didn't realize he had the earphones in. He's, what? Some food for thought. Oh, okay, thank you. And when I left, he was reading those track, reading that track. He wants you to be a fisher of men. This isn't just a pastor's job. This is every Christian's. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. How amazing is Jesus Christ? How wonderful, how incredible is Jesus Christ that a man will forsake his job the instant Jesus Christ comes by and says, Hey, uh, you follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And Simon and Andrew, they say, Okay. <laughs> you ever been around a man working? You know what one thing I know about a man when he's working? You can't get him away from what he's doing. And number two, he hardly will ever talk to you. And he'll get mad at you when you don't do what you, he wants you to do. You're supposed to read his mind. I told you go get that hammer. Uh, I didn't hear you say, uh, go get the hammer. You stupid, just go get the hammer. You know, Because they're so focused on what they're doing. And Jesus Christ walked by and said, hey, come out for me and I'll make you fishers of men. And it says they immediately, straightway, they forsook their nets and followed him. I'm here to tell you, Jesus Christ is somebody amazing you never even could imagine. I can't wait to meet him. I can't wait to see him face to face. Because this guy is doing some amazing things just by speaking. They hadn't seen him walk on the water. They hadn't seen him cast out devils. They hadn't seen him heal the blind. He just walks up. And how amazing must he have been to look on his face, the, 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 the countenance of his face, his eyes, just the appearance. And for him, them to say this to these two old wicked fishermen, hey, come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. And they just forsook all and followed him. Verse 19, And when he had gone a little further thence, he saw James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, who also were in the ship mending their nets. And straightway he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the ship with the hired servants and went after him. So he goes a little further, and, then, and he goes a little further, and he calls John and, uh, John and James. He says, now come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men too. And they said, okay. And they leave the nets and leave their father. Now listen to me. What do you think the father had to say when they did that? The father's over there and he's got his two sons. You know he's proud of them because they're following the dad's business. They're, they're fishermen like old, old daddy is. And you know he's real proud of his sons. And he probably tells all his friends how good a fisherman his sons are and how someday he's going to turn the boat over to them. And he has no worries because they're the greatest fishermen he's ever been around. You know, how, you know how dads talk about their sons? And here comes this man Jesus walking by. And speaks to, you see him speaking to your sons. And your sons come over and say, Dad, we're leaving. Oh, where are you going? We're going to follow him. Uh, you going to be back tonight? I got to get back in the boat. No, no, Dad, I'm, I'm done. What do you think the father had to say about that? Are you crazy? Don't be a religious fanatic. You can go a little ways, but come back. You can fish and you can serve Jesus. You can do both. Just come on back tonight. Just stay with him for a little while and then come on back. How many parents have kept their kids from doing something great for the Lord? Are you in here this morning you're keeping some of your family from doing something great for the Lord? Maybe you're keeping your son or daughter. Maybe you're keeping your husband or your wife. Maybe you're keeping somebody you love and they love you from doing something great for the Lord. 
Just like the father Zebedee might have done. And the Bible doesn't say, but I know fathers like I know fathers. I bet he wasn't too happy about that when James, John James would see you. That would have been a conversation to be around, but they did it anyway. You know what I mean? These, these missionaries come through here that tell me stories about their parents turning on them. Family don't have anything to do with them. Why, Brother Keegan? Simply because they're not doing a job that they think they should do. A lot of Brother Inset's family is lost. And he still comes all the way to India. You don't think his family don't think he's a nutcase? You going where? All the way to Indian Gap, where? Texas? What? How, what was it, about 150,000 people there? No, there's about two dogs, a skunk, and about 16 goats. Well, well, how big a church is it? You got about two, 300 people in Sunday school? Uh, probably about 20. You're going to go where? <laughs> yeah, and we're going to go back in about three or four years. And we love it. You know, they're thinking, cuckoo, cuckoo. Verse 21. And they went into Capernaum. This is, uh, this is still going on here. So about, this might be a day later. And straightway on the Sabbath day, he entered into the synagogue and taught. And that's talking about Jesus Christ. And what you need to know about Jesus Christ is, Jesus Christ went to church. The synagogue of that day was like the church of our day. They would go in, they would sit around, they'd open up the scrolls, they would read them, they would teach on them, they would talk about them. And it says in Luke chapter 4, it was Jesus' custom to go into the synagogue. He made a custom of that. And the reason why I'm hitting on this is I, I, there's been a lot of Christians. I'm not even talking about lots of Christians tell me it's not important to go to church. Your Savior went to church as often as he could. And you're seeing it right there. Here he goes into there. And this is where our reality TV show would have a little bit of a problem. Because <laughs> we can't show church. And it's amazed me all my adult life looking at these TV shows that come through. And you can name one. I don't care which one you name. And they hardly, I don't think they do. I don't watch them enough to know. But I'm pretty sure not a one of them show them going to church. And that's such a big part of everybody's life in America. The only TV show I can think of off the top of my head that's ever shown church as a part of a family's life is Little House on the Prairie. And Griffith shows some of that. Okay, Andy Griffith. Now, maybe this one's so popular. But you start talking about, especially these modern day shows, and just name one of them. That's like, it, 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 there's, no, there's, no, there's no church, there's no religion in any of these people's lives. That's so anti-American. You know what I'm running to is you can't be showing him going to church. You can't be showing. Now, it's okay showing Jesus Christ walking on the shoreline, but going to church, no, we can't have that. They don't want that. They want no part of that, of showing Jesus Christ going on to church. And they went into Capernaum, and straightway on the Sabbath day, he entered in the synagogue, and he taught. We ride around all day long, and uh, some of y'all people live in Brownwood might have heard it. There's an ad, and I don't know what bar it is in town, that said, Wednesday night is working ladies' night. And they're inviting all the working ladies to come over to the bar on Wednesday night. And they're calling it Working Ladies Night. It doesn't surprise me. Nobody goes to church on Wednesday night anymore. Who cares about Wednesday night? We drive by, everybody's at the baseball fields. Everybody's, you know, nobody goes to church on Wednesday night. No, nobody cares about church on Wednesday night. They should. They should, amen, but they, they don't. No, hey, lady, I know you've been working all day long. Once you leave your kids at home or with your parents... And come on up here to the bar and not go to church and find another guy to have another kid by so your parents can raise that kid too. You know, come on, let's do it. Wednesday night should be church night for the ladies. You want to be a great mom? Come into church on Wednesday night. You want to be a great wife? Come into church on Wednesday night. Get refilled. I need to be refilled on Wednesday nights. It's important to make, because see, that's a halfway point. I need to be refilled. That's what I think of. Church is an important part of my life. It should be an important part of yours. It's an important part of Jesus Christ. It was a very important part. Here's a better idea. Take your kid to church. Amen. Your kid needs to be in church. That's where your kids need to be. 
get out of the bars and go to church. Remember when America was great? I know one thing, they don't like to admit this, but when America was great, people were in church. Going to church, church was an important part of their life. People, even if they weren't saved, they would go to church. They would be shamed not to be seen in church in the community, you know. Because you were, you were a wicked, sinful guy if you weren't in church. You were expected to be in church. I don't care who, what kind of person you were. They expect, hey, that guy don't go to church. And it was like, ooh. Nowadays, it's, that guy goes to church. Ooh. I'm telling you, I'm just like two or three people in my whole department to go to church. And me and Joker are two of them, you know. Go figure that out. It's me, Joker, and Joe. That's about it, brother. It's in church. Out of 20-something men. Oh, they'll talk about Jesus. Or they'll talk about God. But none of them going to church. I'm going to follow my Savior. And in my Savior's reality show, which is the truth, he was seen in church. And they went into Capernaum and straightway on the Sabbath day he entered in the synagogue and he taught. And look at this. And they were astonished at his doctrine. Why? For he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. When Jesus Christ came in, he was teaching with authority. He wasn't saying maybe, might be. Jesus Christ says it is written. It is. I am. See, Jesus Christ is all about authority. And there's one thing you know about scribes, which is what we call modern day would be like professors and teachers at universities. The only thing they're certain about is you can't be certain. The only thing they're certain about is you can't be certain. Nobody knows. I know. How do you know? Because my authority, the word of God says this, and I'm going to believe it. And that's the way Jesus Christ walked around. He taught like that. He had authority. And guys, I'm telling you, your authority is not uh, Brother Keegan. Your authority is not the Baptist doctrine. or Your authority is not something you see. Your authority is this word of God. And if you'll put your authority on here, everything will be okay. Everything will go straight with you. I guarantee you that. Verse 23. And they were in their synagogue. A man, there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out saying, let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. Here's the disciples that are like, here's this man. Hey, uh, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. And, and there's something that's just, that comes on them. We got to go around this guy. So they follow this guy and he goes to church on the Sabbath, which was his custom according to Luke chapter 4. And he goes in there and he's preaching and everybody's just mouths open. and They've never seen these words Gracious words in Luke chapter 4 talks about him preaching his gracious words. And all of a sudden there's a man in the back. He's, ah, you're going to torment me. Leave me alone in the church. Guys, the devil's in the church. That's where you're going to find the devil. You're not going to find, people think you go to the bars and that's where the devil's at. You'll go over here to this, this wicked place and that's where the devil's at. Uh, 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 uh. The devil is in the church. The devil loves worship. And you're going to find the devil in the church. A good Baptist would have baptized this guy. He said he was saved. Because why? He said, it's Jesus of Nazareth. He made a confession. Let's baptize him. No repentance. No saying he's my Lord and Savior. You got to have that. You got to have a convict before you can have a convert. You got to be a sinner before you can be saved from your sin. So many people come and they don't even think they're a sinner. Jesus Christ, you got to come to Jesus Christ as a sinner or he can't save you. You can be like this devil all day long, confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's what he just did, isn't he? The Holy One of God. But he's never going to repent. He's never going to take Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. The devil loves the church. And maybe there's a devil in here. People love reality TV. Oh, they love the scary movies. Whoa. Oh, Annabelle, and this wicked doll, and Ouija boards. And whoa. They love to be scared. You need to stay away from that junk. This is going it's corrupting your mind, making you fear, making you afraid. That's how the devil, man. 
Nothing would be more afraid to be in church than somebody just screaming out, start hollering. Well, Jesus Christ, there he comes and he cleans this guy up. He's going to take care of him. Was it me and you, brother? Wait, it might have been. It might have been me. We were down at Pensacola, Bible Baptist, and Brother Donovan just come back. It might not have been me and you. We come back from this uh, Brazilian missionary trip. He comes in, and he got in that night, and I'd come to church that Wednesday night. And Brother Donovan gets up, and he goes, we need to do some things. We need to change some things in this church. When you get on fire for the Lord, he goes, and this church has got some devils in it. And I, I tell you right now, I know it is because as soon as I got back, I got in this church, one of them came up and talked to me. You know what came through my mind? Did I talk to Brother Donovan when he came? <laughs> is he talking about me? Is it me? Now, I wasn't mad. Like, what's he doing talking about? I'm thinking, maybe I've got a devil in me. See, when I said that, maybe there's a devil in this church. Some of y'all might have said, I wonder if he's talking about me. I wonder if he's talking about me. The truth is, is we all know we're wicked sinners, amen. We all know we have things we can clean up. Remember when Jesus Christ was sitting around the table with his disciples? He said, one of y'all going to betray me. You know what they all said? Is it me, Lord? They didn't saw look at Judas and say, I know it's going to be him. They said, is it me, Lord? Because we know what's in us, amen. And there's nothing good in us. Verse 25, and Jesus rebuked him saying, hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. What do you think the disciples were thinking when all that was going on? What have we got ourselves into? These devils are screaming, ah, screaming out and everything and tearing this guy and he's falling on the floor and foaming and it comes out and you're like, man, I don't know if I want to follow this guy. This is some crazy stuff going on. It makes for some good TV, amen. If you like that kind of stuff, it makes for some really good TV. You wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe it. If you don't believe this, you wouldn't believe what you saw on TV. Verse 27. And they were all amazed in so much that they questioned among themselves saying, what thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. And immediately his fame spread abroad throughout all the region round about Galilee. And forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and Anon, they tell him of her. Now, Anon, I admit, is an archaic word. But if you look at the context, you can tell that Anon means immediately or straightway. Immediately, they tell him of her. You might have to look that up in a dictionary, but that's just one word out of, out of thousands. And Anon, they tell him of her. Immediately or straight away, they tell, tell Jesus Christ, hey, Simon's mother-in-law is sick. And he came back and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And immediately the fever left her and she ministered unto them. I wish I could have been there. <laughs> when they get into Simon's house and they found out that Simon's mother-in-law is sick. And you know what Simon said? Simon said, hey, uh, hey guys, don't tell Jesus that my mother-in-law is sick. Just, let's just, let's, we don't have to heal her up that quick. You know? so, and the Lord, I heard your, your, your mother-in-law say, oh, no, Lord, she's, she's not that bad, Lord. She's just taking a nap in there. You don't have to, don't have to heal her up. You know? And then he gets her healed up. Why'd you do that, Lord? You, know? you could have waited a couple more days. She got up and ministered. Maybe I hadn't had the same mother-in-laws I've had. Uh, and immediately she ministered unto them. Now listen, this is a complete healing, guys. This ain't like the fakers you see on TV. This is immediately. This is a woman laying there sick of fever and she gets up and then she didn't get up and say, oh man, I feel a lot better. She gets up and says, hey guys, you want something to eat? You want something to drink? Let me go and get like a good woman of the house does. You remember those? Remember the good women of the house? Remember when you used to go to grandma and they'd offer you something to drink? You remember those kind of ladies? You go there and say, hey, can I get you something to eat? And you want, you know, you just got through eating? No, I'm, no let me fix you something. You want a piece of pie? You, and, you know, that's, that's the way a lady should be at a house, amen? That's the kind of houses I love to go into. I don't know about y'all, but 
I like, I like for somebody to offer me something to eat and drink. And I think a woman should be a good hostess of the house. And that's what she was here. She ministered unto them. That's a blessing. That's a real blessing. Verse 32. And at even, when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed of the devils and all the city that was gathered together at the door. Notice it says at evening. All this is taking place in the same day, guys. Isn't that amazing? All this stuff's taking place in the same day. Just one day, all this stuff's taking place. You know what John said about all this? And we're, getting, we're about to close. What John said about all this? That the world couldn't hold all the books if you used to write about everything that Jesus Christ did. The world itself couldn't hold all the books. I read to you what? Let's see, 16 to 32 words, about 16 verses. And look at all that stuff that happened in 16 verses. Think about if you used to write down everything Jesus did every day, every day, what that would be like. The world couldn't hold it. That's what John said. We're talking about, you, you got an amazing Savior that loves people. Uh, I want to tell y'all too that uh, speaking of the ministers being, uh, being healed up and she getting up and ministering and, and Jesus Christ not being a fake healer. If I have your email address, I sent you an email and I know Linda's seen it because I got a reply from I sent this because I was going to be preaching on this and, and this guy's name is Popoff and he was a fake healer and they caught him and he'd go in there and he'd take people and slap them on their heads and, uh, and he'd come up there and he says, you live at 123 Baker Street and blah, 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 blah and then, oh yes, and, you know, and you've got this illness, blah, blah, blah and, they have a, and if you watch this video I sent you he had a radio transmitter in his ear and his wife was in the back and she said, yeah, this lady's name right here is so-and-so, and she lives at 123 Baker Street, and she's got a bad back, and blah, blah, blah. And he'd say, God tells me that you've got a bad back, and you're going to be healed of it. And they oh, yes, yes. And he's slapping them on the hand, and they're falling down. It's the biggest, fakest junk. And they didn't, none of them know it. He's going to answer to God Amen. for that. God, it's right there on video. They got it all right there on video for you to see. Where they, they got this shyster, this guy that's just doing this. Jesus Christ wasn't like that. He didn't have to fake none of this stuff out. He was the real deal. Guys, you got the real deal in Jesus Christ. It is such a wonderful thing. And all the city was gathered together at the door. He healed up many that were sick of diverse, de diverse diseases. Diverse is the way they spell diverse. What we'd say diverse today are different, different, or diverse diseases. And cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. They all know him. And I'm going to tell you something here this morning here, Christian. If you're saved, the devils know you too. Yes, they do. They know Jesus Christ. They know the ones that belong to Jesus Christ. They went, these Jews went to try to, in Acts, try to cast out this demon. And they went in there and they said, we cast you out in the name of Jesus, the name of Paul and Je the, the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. And that devil said, that devil, that demon and that guy said, I know Paul and I know Jesus, but who are you? And the Bible says that devil, that demon-possessed man jumped on them and ripped their clothes off and beat them up and they ran out of the house screaming naked. The devil knows who you are. And he don't like you. Amen. Amen. That's good. Because I don't like him. But I'm not going to fight him. That's up to my big brother Jesus Christ to take care of. Amen. He's the most powerful being in this universe. The devil can be. And he can get a hold of you. And if the Lord allows it, it can do some wicked things to you. So I, pray, I thank God that the devil doesn't have the power to get a hold of me as long as Jesus Christ says, no, you can't do anything to him. He belongs to me. 
The devil knows who you belong to. Do you belong to him? To the devil or to Jesus? Jesus. Amen. It's one or the other. Verse 35, and in the morning, rising, this is Jesus rising up a great while before day. This is the second day we were talking about. He went out and departed to a solitary place and there prayed. See, Jesus Christ, even with all the stuff going on in his life, he found a way to pray, guys. It's very important in your life, as busy as we get, and in this world we live in, we're always way, way, way too busy. We need to find a way to stop and pray. And Jesus Christ, as busy as he was, healing and doing all this stuff, staying up probably into the wee hours of the night. It says the evening they started coming in. The whole city was gathered around. In the morning he got up before everybody's up and he went into a solitary place out in the wilderness and he just started laying down there and he started praying. You need to find a way to pray. Find a way to pray every day. Do like Jesus Christ because we're looking at what Jesus Christ, how he lived it. And Simon and they were with him, followed after him. They went looking for Jesus. Verse 37, and when they had found him, they said unto him, Hey, all men seek for thee. Everybody's looking for you. And why wouldn't they? This guy's amazing. Everything this guy does, Jesus Christ, is amazing. Verse 38, and he said unto them, Let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also, for therefore came I forth. And he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and cast out devils. What did Jesus Christ say he came forth to do? He came forth to preach. He's the greatest preacher that ever lived. Amen. He's the greatest preacher that ever lived. He's the greatest man to ever live. He's the greatest man that ever had so much love, so much compassion, so much grace. So much authority. And he was a man's man. He didn't walk around with like, like a weenie or like a, a butterfly's kiss in the morning. Dude, Jesus Christ was turning over tables and had a little whip, was whipping them out of the temple. Jesus Christ was a man's man. I'm telling you, if you want to follow a man, it's the man Jesus Christ. Amen. What makes him so special then, brother? If he's so spe- What makes him so special? Because Muhammad was pretty special, they say, and Buddha was pretty special, Confucius, and you can just name them all. You know what makes Jesus Christ special is he's the son of God. He's got God living in him. The Bible says he's God manifesting the flesh. In other words, when Jesus Christ is walking by and Jesus Christ says, hey, I'm going to make you a fisher of men, that's God telling you, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. That also makes him special. When it's God, when it's Jesus Christ and he's casting out devils and they're crying out to him, they're crying out to God. They know exactly who he is. He's the Holy One of God. He's holy. He's separated. He's God manifesting the flesh. And he's all of that. And he's willing and did die for you and got beat up and spit on and a crown of thorns put on him and a spear in the side. He did all of that, got crucified for you. While you were yet a sinner. He didn't die thinking, well, I'm going to die for him because he's a pretty good old boy. He said, he's wicked, he's no good, he can't make it, I'm going to die for him and pay for his sins. That's an amazing man. Only God could do something like that. None of us have that kind of love. None of us have that kind of grace. But Jesus Christ, as the Son of God, does. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall at Indian Gap Baptist Church. i got a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you'd go to heaven? Do you realize the Bible says you can know that you have eternal life? And Jesus Christ encouraged us in John chapter 3, verse 17, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Are you saved? Jesus says, He that believeth on Him is not condemned. 
But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Have you believed in the name of Jesus Christ? Romans chapter 10 verse 13 tells us, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Can you think of a time you've called on Jesus Christ to save you? Well, if you haven't, friend, I encourage you to get down on your knees and pray as admit you're a sinner and ask Jesus Christ to save you the best way you know how. And I'm here to tell you that He will save you. Now, if you prayed that prayer or if you'd like to get a hold of us, contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com, IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time, God bless.